hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. My cool shit plug for the week is for Spray Their Name, a movement that started in Denver and is set to go global. Denver-based artists Detour 303 and Hiera Viega teamed up in Denver to create murals for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McClain, and Tatiana Jefferson. These murals are so breathtaking and powerful that they wanted to bring their message worldwide. So they started Spray Their Name. Through detailed murals, Spray Their Name assists in uplifting the voices of oppressed, neglected, and silenced individuals, as well as amplify the voices of leaders, activists, and allies in their specific communities. They believe that public art should reflect neighborhoods and the people within them. Their goal is to unify communities and enhance them through stunning public art. I'm currently working on getting them into my own city, where in which my city is willing to donate wall space and artist support. If you want to help their mission, there are tons of ways to do so, from financial donations, material donations, mural space, lodging, sponsorships, or simply just sharing spray their name to your network so you can amplify their voices. These artists are deeply grateful for your generosity as they continue to spread their message from city to city. Of course, as always, I'm going to include everything you need to know, including how to donate to spray their name in the description. And to Detour and Hiero, thank you for making me proud to be from Denver and keep making art. I hope we meet soon. Thanks everyone and please enjoy the episode. My guest this week is the lovely Robin, who is the owner of Dash of Pep. So let's just hop into it. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm amazing. How are you? (laughs) I am actually doing really, really well. Like it's actually been a pretty productive week for me, so I'm feeling good. Damn, you were both productive and you took care of yourself? What? Oh, hey, everyone. You are listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is a really awesome person I met within the last year, Robin. Hi. (laughs) So So happy to be here. Yes. I am so excited, too. Okay. So let's just hop into it. Um, What is your elevator pitch, your 30,000 foot overview? Who are you? What do you do? Et cetera. Um, So... What a fun question. What a loaded question. So I'm Robin. Um, I'm a designer who lives in New York. I founded the company Dash of Pep, um, which promotes mental health, self-expression, confidence. And I hope it just acknowledges the nuances of being a person. You know, you don't just have to be happy or sad all the time. We kind of live in the gray area. Um, I love puns and cinnamon and googly eyes lovely eyes. There we go. (laughs) So um, Robin is just a total breath of fresh air. I've said this once many times on my podcast for my listeners, but I dress like Miss Frizzle and she created a company that literally embodies bold prints um, with this mental health aspect. So I was in New York City for the first time. I was going to meet a friend for dinner. My friend Brittany and I were walking through the Chelsea market and I saw a shirt that had the pizza rat on it. And I'm a huge pizza girl. I've got a tattoo of pizza slice on my wrist. 
um, which symbolizes life. And I was drawn Naturally. in instantly and Robin was there and I ended up, I just about, I had to stop myself from buying everything. And then, um, I, I followed you immediately on Instagram. I bought like earrings. I got, I had so many things from you and I just loved it. And then shortly after I got back, I ended up purchasing a lot more and I just kept ordering <laughs> it. And then I like, when I met you, I was like, I'm going to make her be my friend. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Success. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It was just like so wonderful to meet you. And I am a huge super fan of my super fans. Yeah. Like I get a little bit obsessed. I just, I love making these human connections. It's so much more than just a store or a brand. It's kind of like a way for like-minded people to meet each other. Yeah. And, um, a lot of the stuff like Robin went, first of all, the way she packages it, when you order it from her dash of pep.com, I'll put all the stuff in the description so people can, you know, check it out. But, um, the way she packages it, she includes these little cards that like explain like what piece of mental health this is promoting and talking about your feelings. And she'll include like these stickers and I don't know, it's just like in general, it's just a really cool idea, but also I have to tell you, Robin, a huge reason that I'm actually now like seeking therapy for myself and like talking about my feelings and not just advocating for mental health, but actually doing something about it is because, you know, I think you were loud about it loud and proud about it and that really inspired me so I just want to say thank you um I'm going to pretend that I'm not about to cry right now and instead just accept that and um okay fine I, I might be about to cry uh yeah I I only learned that approach because of the pain that I experienced and I'm just kind of trying to pay it forward um wow I am just so <laughs> blessed to be on this platform and to connect with wonderful people like you. I mean, all, everyone is going through their own stuff and it's, we're so slowly like destigmatizing mm -hmm. this whole therapy movement. Um, and I'm just trying to make it as uh, loud as I can because, you know, we all need someone to listen to us. Absolutely. Us we're not crazy. Absolutely. All our feelings are valid, etc. A hundred percent. And I love that. And so, um, when I came to you, I kind of like, I think, I think the idea of being on my podcast was kind of scary for you at first. Cause you were like, Oh <laughs> shoot, what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to do? And I just kept being like, no, you're going to be on this thing. You have to be. <laughs> it's and so funny that I had imposter syndrome about being yes, on an exactly. imposter syndrome <laughs> podcast. But, so me. Yeah. But I came to you originally, I did a promotion. Um, I just, I do a happiness plug every week and I promoted you. And, and then I think like that kind of softened it and you're like, oh, this is what this is podcast is about. I can do this. <laughs> um, so um, imposter syndrome, I find, especially kind of in your journey and our conversation before we hit record um, comes, you know, it's very common in artistry. It's very common in fashion. It's very common in, uh, gosh, just being a woman in general. Um, and so, uh, oh. yeah, we'll just hop into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my first question, um, is do you feel like you have it all figured out? Dear God, no. Oh my God. I can't. Wow. No. No. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that one more time for emphasis. Hell no. Uh, yeah, I am currently, I'm 30. I just turned 30. The big Welcome Rio. to the 30s. Thank you. I'm loving it. I'm thriving for some definition of thriving um, in that I'm not thriving all the time, but that's okay because that's what being a person is. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like 
I was really struggling to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So I was actually um, in a lot of internships until like well into my 20s. Like I think my last internship, I was 26 or 27. Um, And I think I might start to feel like I have something figured out now that I started my own business um, only because I remember this very distinct moment at my last internship, which turned into a job, uh, when there were all these terms that people were throwing around, um, and I was like frantically Googling, trying to pretend that I fit in, (laughs) even though I definitely didn't. And for some reason, apparently I learned this afterwards, everyone was looking up to me for answers. Um, And then I asked some people some questions I thought should be a pretty simple answer, and then they were Googling. So that was kind of like a mic drop moment, like, oh shit, all these 60 year old veterans totally don't know what's up. We're all just kind of like scrambling and trying to pretend we know what's up together. It was just so bizarre. It kind of, it like burst this bubble, which unfortunately has kind of reformed occasionally, this imposter syndrome bubble. It's kind of like popping and unpopping and popping and unpopping like a bowl of Rice Krispies. Um, But, Basically, no one has it figured out, mm-hmm. and I'm among that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the only people who can confidently say, I've said this before, so I'll just repeat it. The only people who confidently say that they've got it figured out is the cis straight male. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> no oh one does. Because if you figure, if, if we figure out the key to life, right, then that's boring. Um, and so I, I, I love that kind of coming, coming to Jesus moment, so to speak, when you're like, oh, wait, none of ah. you know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. We're all just yes. trying to fake it till we make it. Um, awesome. Okay. So let's move into the topic at hand, the elephant in the room. Uh, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Um, wow. Okay. So my imposter syndrome was so, so intense. Um, like it it affected every single part of me. Like I even felt like people thought I would be walking weirdly, dressing weirdly. Like my hair was somehow incorrect. Just such small things that I now know people wouldn't even glance at. Um, it would prevent me from leaving the house occasionally even answering my doorbell for Seamless, um, which for those that don't know is the food delivery service in New York that allows us never to cook. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although I've uh, learned how to love cooking since then, but that's a whole nother story. Um, So yeah, it was was very, very intense. I kind of felt like there would just be this moment, a snap, where people would look at me like that... um, uh, like that scene in The Matrix when there are all these agents that are just staring at Neo. I've, it ha- it's been a hot sec, but that's what I remember. Um, yeah, and you know, I had a, a great college education. I did lots of really cool things on my resume that should have made me feel like a total badass. Um, and yet I didn't feel like those accomplishments counted. Mm. I felt like there were all these other people you know, that didn't have the accomplishments I had, that didn't have the drive, the ambition. Not that I have drive and ambition and everyone else doesn't. But I'm just saying, I, I, I did pretty well for myself and yet I wasn't willing to think that I was worthy of any sort of recognition or pride. Um, yeah, so that, it was really, really tough. Um, and it truthfully got much worse. It went from bad to worse. Uh, when I found out that my dad suddenly passed away uh, when I was 23, 
Um, totally unexpected, no warning. Um, yeah, and it was uh, right after I got engaged. So that was oh. fun. So fun. Oh my fun. gosh. <laughs> yeah, oh. real, real kick to the soul. Um, and I, I, I sunk dangerously low. I'm, I'm not going to deny it. Um, it, it. It got a little dangerous. Uh, so I realized that I had a problem that it wasn't safe to stay in my current mental state. So I started going to therapy and it wasn't even a good therapist, but it just sort of like dunked my head in the water. Mm -hmm. um, so those first couple of years, uh, you know, I was 23, I was still struggling to be a person. I was in therapy mm -hmm. and I saw all these people around me like rising in their jobs. Yep. Uh, like I remember that. Getting <laughs> super rad homes. I had a few friends in uh, Forbes 30 under 30 and they would always ask me when mingling so what are you up to and I would make up an excuse god I got so good at lying even though I was doing just fine even with all this incapacitating grief there were still cool things I was doing mm -hmm. and I could have also just answered honestly like hey I'm not doing so great I've been through some personal stuff but for some reason I just felt the need to pretend that I was this person that I wasn't just because i I knew deep down that I wasn't good enough. Oh, I'm so glad I'm past that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were just, yeah. I just, I really, I want to give my past self a hug. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Me too. so much pain. <laughs> oh, thanks girl. Uh, yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. Okay. So one, thank you for sharing. I mean, that is incredible kind of introspective, uh, recognizing those things, but I, I, you know, similar to you, your twenties are weird. They're, they're weird because, yes. um, you look around and you start comparing yourself to everyone around you. And it's like, I graduated college in 2010. I graduated a uh, semester early. I went to summer school just to like avoid my parents. <laughs> so I, I graduated <laughs> with exactly 120 credits. That. You know, Amazing. I was like, I just was like, I don't want to go home. Um, and I, um, you know, I had high hopes and high dreams for myself and I couldn't find a, a job. I, it was very hard. I had to intern for, I had, I think I interned a couple of times and I had passions and things I was passionate about. I was never in the right relationship. And I just, I had a really hard time in my twenties, um, recognizing that I wasn't failing. I was actually just kind of doing what everyone else in their twenties was doing. And I had friends yeah. that found their person and got married and had babies. And, and it was just like, man, like I'm not there. And I remember the deepest feeling of depression and imposter syndrome. And I, if my friend Kylie is listening, I love you. And I don't mean this harshly, but being a bridesmaid in her wedding mm. really, really just was just a soul punch. I was in the wrong relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I was dating a gaslighting motherfucker. He was horrible. Um, oh. and he wasn't at the wedding, thankfully. And I was like, I took a look at my life and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not manifesting the right things for myself. I, I have these wants and these needs and I'm in the, I hate my, I hate my job. I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. I'm in mm. Denver. I don't have a whole lot of friends. I'm, I'm, I don't have this love story that, that, um, that I, that I should. And it, you know, it was oh, very introspective, right? It was very introspective on me and kind of, I took a look at my life and I was like, I got to get better, but I didn't, I just kept the spiral of depression. Gosh, I like had a bar tab at my local bar that like, they knew me <laughs> like, like, it, and I was going on awful dates. You know, I was, wasn't taking care of myself and it wasn't until I was in my late twenties. And I think there's a shift in your late twenties. It really, 
your late twenties is when it kind of clicks into place. I, uh, mm -hmm. I, I stood up for myself at my job. I rage quit. Don't suggest ever doing that, but I rage quit <laughs> after three years. I was like, I'm not like F this, I'm done. And I, you know, took a solo trip to Chicago, kind of cleared my head, tried to figure out what was next for me. And that's when I met my husband because I was no longer focusing on everyone else. I was focusing on me. And I stopped the comparison analysis. And um, I will say that like, it, it hasn't been easy. Like my career hasn't been easy. My life hasn't necessarily been easy. I think a lot of it's been on hard mode. I think that's just being a human. I think that's just being it, an adult. It is, yeah. Why didn't but, they tell us that? Yeah, no, they're like, this is gonna suck for a really long time and everyone around you <laughs> is gonna look like they've got it figured out, but they don't. Um, oh. And kind of something that you wrote talking about like just looking at people's Instagrams and like their followers and this and that, it's really easy for us to all compare ourselves to others. And if you think about it, I mean, we're all just showing a highlight reel. We're not showing yes. people the bloopers and the background and what's going on and stuff. And similar to you, I think like I embellished a lot of things when people would ask me how I was doing. I felt, and it's now, it's a lot less stigmatized now to talk about mental health and our feelings. But mm -hmm. in my 20s, it was, um, you know, in my 20s and before the Me Too and all of that, it was a lot harder for me to um, be honest about hey, I'm, I feel kind of depressed or I have anxiety. Like I, some, some days I can't leave my house because I'm afraid that someone's going to murder me or, uh, you know, just weird, you know, weird yeah. works and stuff. And I, it's beautiful that we're in a day and age now that people can actually get the help they need and not feel embarrassed by it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that it's not entirely there yet, but we could just do everything we can to, to make it that. Um, I, I still somehow keep on running into these people who like look down on me for going to therapy and I'm like, really? You don't need no? them. Bye-bye. In 2020? <laughs> yeah, bye. Um, but I really love those juicy words that you used of comparing mm -hmm. and should. Because um, I think that's so, so true. That like really hits the nail on the head that maybe it's because of like college applications or something like everyone's just like trying to quantify and like water mm -hmm. down everything that you are in order to like pit their own stats against you and see how they're doing to see if they're doing okay because no one is really telling us if we're doing okay or not there aren't really these like no. quantifiable metrics so what else can you do besides look at everyone around you and see if you're doing as well or better or worse um, and then another thing that I love is the word should, because who is saying that we should or shouldn't do all of these things by a certain age? Like, yep. who is this authority figure? Screw that authority figure. Mm -hmm. I have eliminated the word should from my word diet. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I found that the word should and really just comparing in general led to a lot of really toxic shit and a lot of really awful Yeah. Um, yeah, like criticisms and things like that. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. That okay. makes a lot of sense. And also, um, you know, and in, in, in kind of that, you know, removing that from your, your vocabulary, I think is powerful. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> I'll bring it up in therapy. <laughs> um, but also <laughs> uh, the, the idea of should, like the idea of these societal pressures of, of women, especially like you can't have the career and be a family person. You have to choose one or the other or you or for, for me, I don't want children. Um, and so because I don't want children, people look down at me for that. Well, why would you not want children? Well, um, because I just don't. Like for me, I just don't see it. <laughs> and 
And it's just, it's like, I don't know if it's like a woman thing or what, but I feel like women are under such scrutiny for everything, for your weight and how you act and you're too shrill and you're, you know, and you're crazy and this and that and the other. And I don't feel like, I, I just, I don't feel like it, it fosters, you know, positivity and it actually makes women tear one another down because you're in this constant competition. And it's, it's so totally. stupid and totally. it's just so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, there was, um, I think, Amy Schumer skit where they were like giving each other compliments and they just kept on like refuting them. Um, <laughs> and it just kept on escalating and escalating until finally someone accepted a compliment and then everyone literally exploded into bits and burst into <laughs> flames. Because yeah. that is so unusual to like really allow yourself, first of all, to like not put yourself and others down, but to also just like have that, show that self-love yeah. that we're kind of taught not to have because we yeah. should always be better and work better and look better and ugh. Yeah. And I always, um, I'm not a huge like new year's resolution person, but I always kind of pick something I want to work on. So a couple years ago, it was that I wanted to, um, at my core, I always want to be a good person, right? That's my, always my goal. Um, but yeah. this, this last year it was to say no more. Cause I was, I would let people just walk all over me and mm. I wouldn't use the mm -hmm. word. No, uh, I was sort of successful on it. Um, and actually, you know, kind of stuck to my guns and tried to, you know, and, and ask for my worth and that kind of thing. And I, I feel a lot more confident and sure of who I am a lot because of it. But this year, my goal was to accept compliments because my husband will tell me like, God, you're so beautiful. And I go, Ugh, no, I'm not, you know, or whatever. And, or someone will tell me like, wow, I love your podcast. And I'll, and I'll immediately refute it by being like, oh, you know, it's just, I don't have any formal training in it. I just, oh, okay. Like I'm just, you know, and, and it's just stupid. And so I'm trying really hard to be better about accepting a compliment. Um, and, uh, that's interesting that you say that because I feel like, um, I, it's easy to be, it's easy to be negative when someone's providing you a positive because you can't accept the reality yourself. Yes. I, yes, that's so true. And it's so weird. Sometimes I feel guilty for being proud of myself. Yes, me too. I don't know if it's the imposter syndrome or if it's just being a woman or if it's both. I have no idea. Oh, what's wrong with us? It must only be wrong with us, right? I'm sure everyone else can totally accept a compliment. Yes. Hey. No, I don't know. You know, I really don't. I think it's pretty <sighs> common among like, especially my yeah. friends. Like they're definitely, I, I think I would I feel really weird. Yeah, yeah. I think I would feel weird if, I, I think I would be like wary of someone that was immediately like, oh, thanks. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Cause I'm trying to, to be that person to be like, oh, thanks to stop mm -hmm. refuting it. Cause I'm allowed to accept nice things and I'm allowed to be proud of myself because I did work hard for that. I did work hard picking that outfit or putting on that makeup or writing that essay or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like so interesting. And something that I, uh, t tell myself as a little like internal motto again and again, just to combat those, what I call shoulder devils, shoulder demons, those mm. like negative voices is don't minimize your accomplishments. Um, because that's what I keep on doing every day. I'm like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a deal that I started that company or that I launched a business from zero, you know, et cetera. And I keep on telling myself that it's not worthy of pride and self-love. I mean, truthfully, I don't need those. I shouldn't need those uh, accomplishments to love myself and to be proud mm -hmm. of myself. I should 
just focus on that inherent worth or whatever. But that's hard. That's advanced. I might not be there yet. So for now, I'll just uh, like take pride in what I have done and who I have become and the work yeah. that I put in. That's, that's definitely interesting because I, I, that's something I struggle with as well, where I look, I look back at my career and I look back at the mistakes and all the things I've done in my, you know, in my twenties and my thirties or whatever. And I'm like, gosh, I would never change what I went through because I wouldn't be where I am. Like if I can look, I, I'm actually happy. I'm happy. I'm a happy person yeah. with, with really a lot of good in my life. Um, and am I conventionally, conventionally successful? I mean, on my resume, I've got a lot, I've done a lot of really cool things. I've got a lot of really great experience under my belt. Um, but you know, someone might look at my resume and say, no, 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 she, she, she really isn't. But I, I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of who I am. And I, you know, I, I, I just have to like keep telling myself that like, yes, you got, you're laid off as many people have been among quarantine and COVID and all of that, but that's not a failure. That is just, you know, it's a chapter closing for another one to open and whatever that one will be, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy to me that we feel like we need to prove that we're worthy of some sort of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. Why can't we just give it to ourselves? Why is it so hard to just be nice to ourselves? Yes, I agree. I agree. And I've also found that moving kind of segueing into the feeling of success, kind of this kind of touches and dovetails on what we were talking about, like this kind of, you know, being kinder to ourselves, accepting compliments, looking at ourselves as successful. Um, so do, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I mean, I think I do feel successful, not because I necessarily feel the success, but because I've been talking back at those voices mm -hmm. more often. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not letting all that self-criticism that has become so ingrained control me. I'm allowing myself to really like relish my accomplishments and accept praise, um, even though I might not always be the best at giving it to myself, Sometimes I will accept a compliment or two. Um, and you know, I've created a life for myself where I'm allowed to feel down or, you know, sleep in because my depression kept me up, et cetera. Like, I guess success is accepting that I'm a human being who has ups and downs and allowing myself to be that way without like forcing that. some like unattainable standard and expectation. I like that. It's interesting. I've had all sorts of different answers for this. Some people are like the American dream. That's how I would feel successful or, you know, but I think um, true success is when you can actually accept yourself for who you are and be okay in, in who you are. And so I think that's beautiful that you're working to love Robin and say, no, this Robin is going to take the good with the bad and not let the bad steamroll my life anymore. And yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. I, I feel like that's hard earned. Um, that answer is very hard earned. Right. Um, because there were definitely moments where I thought it was the American dream and really like making a name for myself. And then those 100 hour weeks caused me to like collapse and for my back to stop working and to start crying in the streets. And while I did do a lot for whatever that means, I definitely wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to 
be content and have that self-compassion and also maybe make stuff that make other people feel the same way without torturing myself yeah pretending that I'm not a person and that's like another thing too it's like whenever I look at a piece of clothing that you've created I'm like I just get happy like I feel joy <laughs> like it was like you created this company and I just have to to you know, toot your horn for a sec. You created this beautiful company. You're doing something that you truly 100% believe in. And as an artist, as someone, you know, like that, you know, we're kind of talking about graphic design and having to design for others and not getting to do the things you love and you're passionate about. As a creator, that's incredible. A lot of people don't even have that opportunity. So I think like being able to create the company with your own rules, with your own patterns, with making things. I mean, I've never, those shirts that you make, the button down ones that like the, I've got the one with the cheetah and I have the one with the bumblebee and I ended up giving my friend the extra shirt that I bought and she loves it they're just like they're so unique I mean like they fit beautifully everything I there's not been a single thing that I've gotten from you that hasn't one fit or two brought me joy or three gotten so many compliments from wherever I go Oh my gosh, you're just the nicest person on the planet. But it's true. Um, <laughs> it is true. Like, it, I mean, and then I even, when I went to my doctor um, to get to talk about my um, ADHD, uh, I wore your skirt. I wore the fierce one because I was like, I got to channel this bitch. I got to channel her in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could, and I got to talk about some really hard stuff here. And, um, and I felt like comforted knowing that I was like, working on my mental health while wearing a piece of clothing crafted for mental health purposes. And I was like, this is full circle. <laughs> Heck yes. I feel like you're just like <laughs> stating my mission statement word for word. Yes. I just want to make it easier to be a person in the world. Yes. It can be really hard. <laughs> it is. And you're in like one of like New York is a very unforgiving city. Like I, <laughs> I, I was, I was only there once and I get why people love it, but holy cow. I'm, I'm originally from Minnesota, so I'm very Minnesota nice, like I'm Midwestern, mm -hmm. and then Colorado, like, and San Diego, like I'm very West Coast in terms of like my mood and my attitudes, and I'm pretty much laid back. I was not ready for New York City. It was like, go, 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 so fast. People were short, people were rude, and I was like, oh my gosh, how does anyone <laughs> live here? Drink some chamomile tea, bitch. <laughs> So giving people that, that platform or that, you know, slice of joy while, you know, and, and I just think Navigating it's Navigating the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, New York is definitely a lot. Um, but I actually, I feel so at home here because my mind was always go, go, go. Mm. And I thought there was something wrong with me. But now I just, I found my land of freaks. We're all just <laughs> running around together. Yes. I love it. Um, I always say that New York is the city of anxiety and carbs. It is. I, <laughs> so the funniest thing I think for me was that my husband really wanted me to bring bagels back. Right. So <laughs> I get to, I get to the Newark airport and I'm going through the line and I had had half of a bagel with locks in my bag. And cause I could only eat one half of it. Cause it was just like a gut buster right. for sure. It's, and it's it was delicious. It was delicious. But I think they would have confiscated my tub of cream cheese and my sandwich, except for like, it smelled like fish in my bag. And they just let me on through. They were like, we're not even going to bother. Just like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> what a bro. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, he was like, and I was like, sorry, it's a bagel with locks. And he was like, he's like, you should probably eat that. I was like, I will. And then I threw it away. But 
<laughs> but, was, but he didn't notice like the two tubs of cream cheese and the entire bag of bagels I was bringing back for my husband. Um, so whatever, but I, I just, yeah, carbs. Um, it's hard because Cato, the diet Cato is actually something mm. that my body super responds to is not having the carbs. You lose a lot of weight. You feel pretty happy, you know, like you're eating a lot of fats and stuff, but unfortunately my husband's love language is pasta and so I can't Ooh. do the diet without him, like without him on board. And so I love him to death. Scott, I love you. You know, you know exactly that I'm like, I can already sense that you're going to listen to this and be bummed out with me, but I can't lose any weight <laughs> because, because we eat so many carbs and yeah. I never ate this many carbs before I met any single human, but it's all good. Okay. So first of all, whatever weight you are is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what your body wants. And if you're happy, if you're physically happy, that's great because, you know, weight isn't the same as work. Yep. Um, and also, have you tried zoodles, aka zucchini noodles? I've tried to turn them on to that. So we're working on it. Um, but also like in quarantine, I feel like we're just reaching for comfort. Like my friend Mari, mm-hmm. she sent me this truffle macaroni and cheese recipe that's just like out of this world. And um I could never live without cheese. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm not lactose intolerant, but even if I was, I would still force myself to eat cheese because I love it. <laughs> Things I That's love. That's lactate my, pills are for. Yeah. Well, my dad had this beautiful expression um, when I was a kid that was like, you can't have life without the, without the fat. So like, I've always kind of thought about that in terms of like, okay, I'm going to use actual butter. I'm not going to buy margarine or I'm going to, I'm going to use actual heavy cream mm. to cook. I'm not going to use, you know, skim milk or whatever. Um, and so I've, I've kind of like lived by that in, in a way, um, whether or not it's healthy, but then I also have the Peloton bike and, um, oh, love it. I similar to like imposter syndrome and people like judging you or looking at you going to the gym was terrifying for me. Um, I knew it was good for my mental health, but I couldn't handle it. I finally found something I liked. And then it was like the circuit training thing. And I ended up hurting my shoulder really badly. And that's when we purchased the Peloton bike. And I'm now fanatical about it. But when I first got it, I didn't really ride it that much. Um, I got in my own head about it. And now I use it every day. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's great. But I mean, like, I know that I weigh like, on the scale, I know it's muscle. It's not fat. It's muscle. And that my body is just built differently. I've got a Bobby Hill ass body. Like I can't help it. (laughs) Oh, well, you're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Uh, No, truly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been interesting for me to like navigate the world of health and weight and exercise and happiness and mm-hmm. self-criticism, um, especially as a woman, and especially um, having gone to high school in Los Angeles, um, I loved how much weight I lost during keto, but it released like a, a crazy amount of anxiety. Like mm. my psychiatrist told me to stop it um, because it like mimicked like anxiety hormones. I'm not a doctor, I draw stuff. Um, <laughs> But it's been really interesting to like figure out where to draw the line between health and comfort eating and emotional eating and you know all that stuff. It's like a, it's definitely a lot of combating self talk and allowing to have your a treat in a while uh-huh. and also like finding the joy in feeling so good after a salad. Yes. Um, 
what? I don't know. It's something I'm definitely working on. Um, and it definitely like the shoulder devils are very strong. They have a fucking army. Um, but you know, we're working on it. We're working on it. I love that. And I'm like, I'm working on it too. Um, I like a big thing I've tried to do in quarantine and COVID and all of that is to not emotionally eat. And that was really hard at first. Cause like I, similar to seeking comfort, like macaroni and cheese is my comfort food. Um, or like I, I, I I'm a huge fan of the shape, shape craft shapes are better than the regular. You don't have to at me. That's oh, just my opinion. Duh. Thousand percent. It's the texture. It's yeah. the chewiness. It's yes. like al dente easy mode. Mm-hmm. Boom. And so it was really hard because like my husband was gone um, on an underway. I didn't know like when he would get back and then they kept him out to sea and then I was full of uncertainty. And then my dog um, got very, very ill and we had to put oh. him down. And it was just like, it, it was, it's been a lot. And so I'm really proud of myself for not falling into bad habits, um, which is really hard because my, my stress relief when I was, you know, like if I was really stressed I, as I would binge and then I would purge and like, that was my stress relief. And, uh, I've, I've found a way to break that cycle in quarantine and I'm, I can, I just have to toot my own horn that I'm incredibly proud of that. Um, toot, toot. yeah, like it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's actually been a really wonderful, like, silver lining of quarantine. I mean, gosh, it's like, it's kind of hard to search for them, not going to lie, because there's definitely a whole lot of cloud. Um, but because we all had to press pause, I feel like we've been kind of mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to question all these bad habits. Yes. And giving ourselves time and space to figure out what actually works for our bodies and minds. Yes. And um, I, yes. And I say this pretty much every episode, but if we're not coming out of quarantine better than we went into it or coming out of this pandemic better than we went into it, then we're not doing it right. Like if, if anything, I feel like it's allowed us to be more creative, more empathetic, more human, more kind, more loving. Um, and so I, yeah, I think, I, I think it's really just an opportunity for everyone to like work on themselves so that they're a better person. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Well, we've touched on imposter syndrome. We're coming to my favorite part of the episode where I ask my guests things that they're fanatical about and some unpopular opinions they have. Um, so uh, I will start first. Uh, we'll start with fanatical things. Um, what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why? And currently I am obsessed with um, the community aspect of what's going on uh, in my community in East County, San Diego. Um, I joined or I was invited to join a graduate like kindergarten, eighth graders and graduate adoption program. And I got paired up with this awesome girl. Her name's Emma. She's super into art and super into theater. And I've been making a uh, tub for her filled, filled with just like the coolest art supplies and stickers and pins. And she's going into high school and I'm just really excited to like give her this basket. And I, that's what I'm really excited about right now. I'm pretty fanatical about it. That is so awesome. Wow. I'm just getting like the warm fuzzies from that. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, let's see. So something I'm fanatical about. I would say, okay, broadly, my biggest thing is manufactured fun. Mm -hmm. um, so think like Disneyland and like Dave and Buster's. And yes, really, love it. <laughs> like anything that doesn't take itself so seriously, where the sole purpose is to just make you happy. Yes. Um, so like relatedly, I just, I'm, 
I don't care if someone thinks that I'm being immature or like childish or whatever. Like, I don't need to prove my maturity to anyone. If I love glitter and stupid Schwarzenegger movies and, you know, trampolines, then let me have that. <laughs> um, and I've just like, I'm like, I unabashedly seek those things out. I love board games and I love googly eyes and all these like silly little things that just like, just bring such an innocent, beautiful dose of joy in the world. Absolutely. And uh, googly eyes, my friend Jess, uh, <laughs> shout out to my friend Jess, her, um, her girlfriend got her giant googly eyes to put on their uh, Roomba. And it is the best <laughs> content I've ever seen on the internet. I love her in general. <laughs> but um, she, uh, I'm just going to tell this story because I think that you would appreciate it. So she, um, she lives in LA. Um, I went to high school with her. She's lovely. And uh, she lived in uh, Playa Vista. Um, and <laughs> there was a, a next door post about uh, taking down your Halloween decorations after Halloween, right? No more pumpkins out because, you know, LA and some you know, white privilege asshole, who knows. And so she took it upon herself to keep her pumpkins out and she anamorphized them and dressed them up for every holiday. And those pumpkins lasted almost to the 4th of July. I think they almost made it an entire year. And like, I think, yeah, they like, so for oh, Thanksgiving, they had hats. And then for Christmas, they had like, and then they were, she dressed them up for New Year's, like one was baby, and they had googly eyes. And it was just the most wholesome content, similar to the Roomba oh. situation. <laughs> and I just have to say, like, that brought me so much joy for almost a year. And I grieved when the pumpkins finally decayed. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess like the fact that it's finite means you appreciate it, something, something. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling that to myself because I'm also sad that they're gone. <laughs> it was so awesome. I just love That's her so, so much. That's so beautiful. <laughs> That's so pure. I know. Yeah. Um, but I love Google. I love sequins. Yeah. I love glitter. And that's, I think why I love your brand so much <laughs> is I was told once by a boyfriend, um, or someone that I was seeing that I dressed like a child and that I was embarrassing <laughs> and I dressed like Miss Frizzle. Um, that's fine. I love patterns. I love prints. I love color. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm loud. I'm very loud. I'm, you know, unabashedly who I am. And I've, found that it's okay to like those things and it's okay to seem it doesn't matter if it seems childish i fucking love disneyland like i gosh, yes literally I love, love disneyland, disneyland so much i love it so gosh darn much yeah oh, like it's the number it's one it, it is manufactured fun did you know they pump out different scents? Mm -hmm. um, so 11, yeah, so of course I'm talking to a veteran. Um, so 11 months out of the year, they pump out vanilla, but in December they pump out peppermint. I, I mean, it. imagineering as a whole, like the people that come up with all the different beautiful things to make humans on earth smile. Yes. That is the ultimate form of manufactured fun. Just people sitting in a room, trying their hardest to figure out a way for you to be the happiest. And like, I, I let's just it. pretend that capitalism doesn't exist. It's capitalism exists in lots of different ways and people have to pay their bills, but really like, I think it's just so wonderful that they're just trying to make your life red. Yeah. And not only that, but Disney's really been handling this quarantine situation and like, like they've been doing really great things for their employees. Like the most recent president they've had, the CEO of the company, like he's really awesome. Like he, like, when, when they had to lay people off, they submitted all their information to unemployment so that, that their employees didn't have to go through that. Um, he yeah. donated his salary to keep people on board. 
Um, you know, I, I just there's so many things. And then Disney Plus, like being like, oh yeah, like Onward was out in theaters, but you know what? We're going to release it to Disney Plus. It's just $6.99, you know, per month. I just think that's really beautiful. And, um, you know, I really believe in, in Disney, you know, really wanting you to be happy. Like they, like they're a company that's based solely on joy. Oh, now I want to go back. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I do the military park hopper and I've only been once this year and I'm really hoping they open back up. I don't care if I have to wear a goddamn mask. I will do it. But I just, I just want the main street corn dog. That's all I want. Oh, I was just talking about the turkey leg yesterday. Mm. I know. I'm scared I would be asleep because of the tryptophan. <laughs> I, it's never stopped me. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I would probably need the tryptophan to like chill me out a little. It's like kind of a terrifying amount of joy that I'm capable of. I love it so much. Actually, okay, fun fact. I rewarded myself with a trip to Disneyland um, after the main round of production right before I launched. Yes. That was very hard. Um, the issue was I totally wiped out on one of those electric scooters the day mm. before. And I had to get my first stitches ever. And it was on this <gasps> very sensitive part of my finger bed. Um, oh, so it was like a lot of nerve endings, a lot, a lot of pain. But it turns out they gave me a bunch of Vicodin and Disney on Vicodin is totally awesome. <laughs> Not that I, <laughs> um, don't do drugs, kids. But if you are legitimately injured, recommend. Recommend. I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. And so you, you mentioned that you went to school in uh, high school in LA. So my, my husband's from Cyprus. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got family up near Disney. So <laughs> usually my mom, my mother-in-law will be like, can you stop by on the way back? <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> and do you? I do. I usually will park there because I have the park hopper and I don't want to pay $50 to park. So I will hey. usually um, park there in Uber, but. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love that. I love glitter. I love all the things. It's great to be fanatical. Um, but what is like More one... is more. Yes. What is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? I always use the example that I believe cantaloupe is trash. I love that. Okay, let's see. My least favorite thing is those trendy restaurants where the tables are so close to each other mm -hmm. that you're closer to the person sitting next to you than you are to the, your date, your dinner yes. date. And it's so hard to focus on a conversation. I don't care how cool the light fixtures are or how many ingredients I can't pronounce. It's not worth it. Give me a booth. I don't care if it's tacky. Just give me a big leather booth and free chips and salsa. That's all yes. I want. I don't need your trendy bullshit. Um, I also don't like vinaigrettes because they're too acidic and I have a sensitive flower of a stomach because I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> also, um, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is bragging about sleep deprivation. Uh, I think it's really cool to sleep a lot. And this has been true um, like even in my 20s, I feel like everyone is talking about like how late they stayed up going out and how much work they're doing. And maybe that's just like an overachiever thing and I need to like calm down and get some normal friends. Um, but in general, I feel like everyone's just bragging about how much they're doing. I would just love to brag about how little I'm doing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I feel like quarantine is really like allowing that lifestyle to shine. I mean, we're all talking about the TV and movies that we're watching, that we all finished Netflix, that we're all baking sourdough and naming our starters. Um, I think that's finally like 
glorifying the ability to pause. Unfortunately, for terrible reasons, but you know, silver lining. <laughs> I agree with you. It's interesting that people don't really like that. Like, no one ever. Everyone always talks about, oh, I barely slept last night. I didn't. Oh, this, that, and the other. And like, <sighs> no one, no one's like, well, I got twelve hours of beautiful R and R. We went into rim a few times, and it was yes. great. <laughs> Like, I kind of feel like they're just trying to, like, rationalize to themselves why they're beating up their bodies so much. No one would brag about, like, I don't know, eating three helpings of pizza. Oh, okay, maybe I would brag about that. But bad example. But you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be cool to not give your body what it needs. I agree. I love that. <laughs> so what in times, these uncertain times, I hate that term, but what's currently <laughs> making you happy in the world? Oh, let's see. Um, so I've really enjoyed, I have this like really like janky, dirty little backyard, like patio space in New York of all places um, that I've hopefully turned into this little oasis. So I have um, this little like rainbow hammock and I've Ooh. like, I've created a no bad vibes zone, which sounds so like namaste, hippy dippy, but it really works. I go there all the time with my bad vibes and they just like magically disappear. Um, so that's been really, really nice. And I've been doing like a face mask, like almost every day. So we can pretend that my skin is getting better. And I've been sleeping every night, every single night, at least one REM cycle per night. Yes. Um, and yeah, and I've been watching like lots of stupid movies and I don't feel like there's something else I could be doing at the time. I'm just allowing myself to rest. Yeah. It's I think awesome. that's just, I think that that is kind of like giving yourself the permission to pause. That is the biggest thing right now that I think a lot, like some of my friends and it's no shade on them. Like they're just trying to do a lot. Like if you have the opportunity to be, to be paused right now and like, just kind of, you know, work on you and work on your happiness, your mental health, like then do it because it's just so beneficial. Like I can't tell you how stress-free and more happy I am now because I've been able to pause because, because I've had to pause and I'm, I'm, you know, like getting the help that I need. I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm, I'm started this podcast, you know, I, I'm, do, I'm doing things. I know I'm doing things, but finding the forgiveness of being able to not be go, go, go. Cause I used to be a mile a minute. I would have plans every single day, stack to the nines, see all my friends and stuff. I would always leave my house. I would never be home on the weekends. And now it's beautiful because we've been doing home renovation projects. My house finally feels like our home. We've just Amazing. finished the front yard. We're going to work on the backyard next. And it's just nice to just feel at home in your home. So I love that you made the patio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, I, I learned that whole like process um, from not doing that beforehand and still not being able to work, but beating myself up for that. So now I'm just kind of giving in and it's so nice. I love that. So do you have something you'd like to promote? We're near the end of this podcast. I always give my guests the floor to promote whatever they'd like. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I think I can think of something. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> Um, I would love to promote my super rad brand, Dash of Pep. Um, dash of Pep, kind of like Dash of Pepper. I just want to give people a little dash of joy and happiness because you don't have to be happy all the time. Uh, my website is dashofpep.com. My Instagram is dashofpep. 
and I make a bunch of cool stuff and I'm releasing a bunch of uh, new stuff. Oh, and I would love to plug my new sale. It's the ah! sale. <laughs> <laughs> How long or will the, it be uh, going for? Um, so that should be going for about two weeks. Um, and then I'm releasing new products. Uh, gotta pay them bills. Um, yeah, so I've just been having a lot of fun uh, making the new stuff that I would certainly like during quarantine, and I think a lot of other people would really love. Um, so I'm really, really excited to release a bunch of lovely new stuff to the world and, you know, make it easier to be a person. Yes, and you know, I'm going to be on that website purchasing it all, because at this point, <laughs> there's only a few things I don't own of yours. <laughs> I think there's like one skirt and like a couple of shirts. I, I think I did really well. <laughs> You did. You got an A plus. <laughs> I really did. Um, well, this is such a lovely conversation. Thank you, Robin. And again, to my listeners, all of this will be in the description so that you can connect with her. Please, please do. If you know, it's just, it's a really great brand and I, I can't say enough nice things. Not to mention like the, the, the clothes are incredibly well made. Um, they, they withstand a lot of my husband. If they can withstand my husband washing them incorrectly, then that says a lot. <laughs> Um, and they're just, they're adorable. So yes, um, we're coming to the end of this lovely, lovely conversation is that, excuse me, I can't speak. <laughs> Are there, um, any parting words you'd like to leave for my listeners? Um, I would just say, uh, take care of yourself and you're doing such a great job being a person in the world. Ah, I love that. Thank you so much, Robin, for taking the time to talk to me today. And to my listeners, thank you for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, give me a rating wherever you get your pods. And thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. It's been such a true pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Have a great rest of your evening. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Robin and as a special thank you to all of my listeners, uh, we have our first ever partnership. So if you go to www.dashofpep.com, again, all of that's going to be in the description and you use code PDKMO for please don't kick me out at checkout, you can receive 15% off of your order. And I highly suggest you go and support a local small business. Uh, it's just awesome. Every pattern is really vibrant and my wardrobe is almost completely Dash of Pep. So anyway, dashofpep.com and enter PDKMO at checkout. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.